listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm Tears of Price, coming to you from Book Riot. This is episode 325.5, and this week I'm going to be diving into the stacks to talk about two great Japanese mysteries. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95 and she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So I recently read a Japanese mystery that's been on my TBR for quite a while, and that is the inspiration um, for today's theme. So one is lighter, not quite as dark, kind of more of a, a more of a procedural, um, but really focusing on everyday people. Um, and it kind of feels like um, on the level of like a Sherlock Holmes or Agatha Christie novel. The other one gets quite dark. So I'm going to start with the lighter pick first. My first recommendation is Newcomer by Kigo Higashano, translated by Giles Murray. It is part of the Detective Kaga series, which I believe from my, um, you know, Googling and light research, um, that series is translated and published out of chronological and publication order here in the U.S., which sometimes happens with um, mystery series that are, you know, originally published in other languages. Um, however, I don't think you need to worry too much about that if you like to read things in order, because I just read this book. It's my first book by Higashano. I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything. And that's in part because this novel has a very interesting and kind of clever structure. So the book is broken down into nine sections. And the sections kind of feel like their own little short story or vignette, offering you a slice of life about all these various characters and communities in this neighborhood in Tokyo. So we learn that there has been a murder of a 40-year-old woman in an apartment building nearby. And that woman was, you know, recently divorced and she moved into an apartment and was really new to the area. She didn't really seem to know a lot of people in the area. And not a lot of people knew her because she was new. So we discover this because Detective Kaga, who's kind of like the central, he's the central character in the sense that like he's kind of the unifying force of this book. Um, so he comes to pay each of the characters that are featured 
in every section of visit. And even though we don't really ever get into his point of view at first, you know, it's obvious that he's kind of the, the more main important character. So he asks all these characters these seemingly harmless questions um, that turn out to be very important because he is investigating this murder mystery. And it's also, you know, important to note that these little sequences are somewhat non-linear, but it's an interesting approach because you slowly learn details about the murder and Kaga's investigation. And in each section, you know, he's asking questions, he's eliminating suspects, he's narrowing in on certain suspects. But again, you don't really get into his perspective at first, so you're not quite sure where he's going, and that's kind of part of the mystery. So the focus of this book is on the people surrounding the crime, some of whom who don't even know the victim um, and just kind of maybe had, you know, two degrees of separation with her or, you know, saw her in passing. And it's kind of a clever way to tell a mystery because you really have to pay attention to like the most minute details in order to put it together. And it's also an interesting case study in how when you're writing a mystery or just, you know, coming up with one in general, um, it's important to have like every suspect and every person kind of connected to the murder mystery. Um, like they all have their own, you know, secrets and lives and motivations. And sometimes those things might, you know, make them suspects or make them look suspicious, but it doesn't always mean that they are always involved in the crime. And it's also a really interesting example of like, how to create tension in just like a small amount of space. Because again, you just, you know, you have all these different sections and they're all different characters and you kind of get the feeling at the end of each section, like, you know, you wrap up that character's like contribution to this overall book. So um, Kaga kind of comes across as this like part Perot, part Sherlockian type character where he, you know, is kind of unassuming and polite at first. And he acts like he's everyone's friend and he's kind of self-deprecating, but he really does notice details and he really hones in on him. Um, you get the sense that there's not much that will trip him up and it's just a matter of time before he pulls it all together. So, you know, I will say about this book there isn't much focus on the victim or, you know, potential suspects and their motivations and like the crime scene. And I know that, you know, it's big criticism in mystery and thriller, especially, you know, recently, but going back through the genre for over a hundred years, you know, the commodification of violence against women is a big thing. Like, you know, people tend to focus more on the crime, the killer, the sort of salacious details of that rather than the fact that like, you know, somebody was murdered. So this book, like I said, focuses more on the community and less on the victim. And I think that is um, a very um, purposeful choice in this book because it's an intentionally sort of experimental structure that is interesting. I don't necessarily think that it's meant to be disrespectful, but if that is something that you don't personally like reading in your um, crime fiction, just a heads up. You know, content warning, there's, um, you know, some talk of violence, but um, I don't recall any major, you know, graphic content or content warnings that you need to be aware of. However, my next pick is much darker. It has all the content warnings, so if you don't want to hear about it, I mean, feel free to end this episode now. No hard feelings. Um, but my next pick is another great Japanese mystery thriller. And I recommend it if you've got a strong stomach. It is Out by Natsuo Karino, translated by Steven Snyder. And content warnings here for violence, mutilation, domestic abuse, 
and sexual assault in graphic detail. Those are the ones I remember. I can't remember any others, but I mean, those ones are pretty intense. So just suffice to say that this book is dark and intense. So it is about four women who work in a box lunch factory on the outskirts of Tokyo, and they work the night shift. And, you know, because they are kind of, you know, working at night and and they also are like lower middle class, it automatically kind of puts them, um, you know, not quite on the edge of society, but like really kind of on that line. So they are all somewhat unhappy and don't have necessarily happy lives. But the reasons for that vary wildly. Like, you know, some of them have abusive or absent husbands. Some have money problems, ungrateful families, you know, that sort of thing. So it's, you know, a wide range of experiences. So one night, one of the women, she snaps and she kills her husband, who is very abusive. And in a panic, because she doesn't really know what to do next, she confesses to her three co-workers what she's done. And they agree to help her dispose of the body, which is a somewhat grisly affair. But this also sets off a chain of events that gets them, you know, just into deeper and darker trouble. You know, they catch the attention of the police, but they also catch the attention of some very bad men who kind of offer them a proposition. And as they struggle to find a way out of their situation, it sort of becomes clear that they might not be able to escape what they have, you know, found themselves in um, without facing that darkness that, you know, they brought down on themselves. And I don't mean that in like a judgmental way, but once you make the decision to dispose of the body, like, obviously things aren't going to always go well for you. So this is a really emotionally intense novel about characters who might not always be likable, but I do think that they are to a certain extent sympathetic. Um, You know, these women do, like I said, live on the edge, like not just, you know, working the night shift, but like they're not quite old, but they're no longer young. They're not quite pretty enough to be noticed, but they're not, you know, so you know unremarkable that they're entirely invisible either. Um, their their relationship is really interesting because at first you're like, oh, this is a friendship. But it also turns into something much more complicated throughout the book, um, especially as, you know, certain aspects of society try to pit them against one another. There's a lot of interesting commentary about social class and socioeconomics. And I enjoyed that aspect of the book because I felt like I learned a lot about the middle class in Japan while also, you know, exploring a dark thriller. So the climax of this book made me very uncomfortable. It's probably one of the first times that I've ever been reading a book that I was, for the most part, really enjoying and then got to something that, like, I had to put down because it was just too intense. Um, It is a sexual assault scene, so just know that that is there. Because I think I probably would have liked a warning. It's an intense book, but you might need to take the occasional break from it. Ultimately, though, I think what kept me coming back to it was the writing is just so good. It's very vivid. It it reminds me of like noir writing where everything's gritty and morally gray. Um, The way the author just writes so beautifully about such dark subjects was really compelling. And, you know, as are the characters, the setting, even the crimes being committed, as dark as that sounds. um, It's not always pleasant to look at. But the author writes it in such a way where 
you kind of have a hard time looking away. So that is out by Natsuo Carino. And that is it for me this week, book nerds. I hope that you are well stocked for the weekend ahead with tons of great books. And you can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com forward slash all the books. And if you enjoy this podcast, please show us some love by leaving us a rating or review. Let us know if you picked up one of the books we recommended as we love to hear about it. And it helps other book lovers find us. And thank you as always to our amazing sound editor, Jen Zink. If you want to connect with me or see pictures of my books and very sassy cats, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Tears of Price. That's T-I-R-Z-A-H-P-R-I-C-E. And I will be back next month on a regular episode of All the Books with Liberty and more backlist recommendations very soon. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Bye.